Bill Mosley, Daniel Harris, Dick Warlock, George Romero, Kane Hodder, Robert England, Ronnie Blakely, CJ Graham, and you're listening to Dean of Horror Texas. You gotta be fucking kidding. Every goddamn time. Every fucking time. <laughs> Just go. Anybody. Fucking anybody. Go. Well, Me? Welcome to... <laughs> Me? I'm getting gun shy here. Come on. Welcome back to another episode of Deep in the Horror, Texas. My name is Nathan. This is Jeff. And this is Ralph. And today I'm going to have to do a duality type thing. There's, There's going to be 13-year-old... Yeah. There's going to be a 13-year-old Nate present for this podcast, and there's going to be a 37-year-old curmudgeon. Oh, yeah? yeah? So are you going to spin us a scary story? <laughs> Which one are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the one that got touched by the priest. <laughs> it was. Whoa! <laughs> Getting dark. <laughs> Where's my third thumb? <laughs> Where's my third thumb? It's in your popcorn bucket. <laughs> oh. You've got it! <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so if you can't tell, we're going to be reviewing some, some scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh. 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 Lovely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was scarier than the movie. <laughs> it was like a, when the creep factor was scary, but you know, it's still a little, a little scary. Just a little bit. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, like. Hit so, us with some info, Ralph. Yeah. yeah, so this movie just released, as of the time of this recording, um, released August 9th. We had just watched it. Um, the movie is directed by, I'm going to butcher the guy's name, Andre Overdow? Overdow, good. Yeah. Overdow? Yeah, is that it? Yeah. Sounds okay. right. <laughs> Sounds right to me. Um, Sounds it's like a drink. All the it, letters it are there. <laughs> good enunciation there, Ralph. Works for me. Uh, it's produced by uh, Sean Daniel, Jason F. Brown, James Miles, James or J. Miles Dale. It's falling apart. Elizabeth Grave, Joshua Long, Roberto Grande, and Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, the big name right out there. of all of those. Right there. Um, screenplay by Dan Hangman and Kevin Hangman. So I guess brother. No, they're they're a couple. Hangman. Oh, are they? I wonder if those are the same brothers that did the Conjuring. No, they're a couple. Oh, oh really? Yeah, they're married. Oh wow! <clears throat> oh, well, hey, there I'm you go. <laughs> I'm like, geez, I really think that might be the the duo that wrote the Conjuring script for uh, James Wan. Really? Yeah. That's really sad of that. Oh, if, sorry, I'm attacking the film already. No, we're not going to do that. Down, Jeff. Down, down Jeff. Down. down, down. No, no, that was a cha- that was the Hayes brothers. That was a uh, Chad Hayes. and uh, Ka- uh, Carrie Hayes who wrote another um, couple. 
Oh, brothers. Brothers. Jesus, a couple of brothers. Jesus. A couple of brothers. There you go. There you go. Um, that's our production co- That's going to be our production but, company. A couple of brothers. A <laughs> couple of brothers. Um, the, sto- the, the story, if you haven't figured out, is based on the book by Alvin Schwartz, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, so this movie, the production company was CBS Films and Entertainment One. Then you had a few others, 1212 Entertainment, Air Productions, Son Daniel Company, distributed by Lionsgate. Um, the budget was, is 28 million as of right now, as it's standing, as of the moment that we are recording, this is made into the box office, box office, 20.8 million. Sweet. So it hasn't made what its budget was. Gotcha. Um, and we have a runtime of 108 minutes. Hmm. God, so, it felt like fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we know it was at least one. One thing I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, a little it was one. What? It was at least one hour. Oh, that it felt like hours. Hours. Um, one thing I'm gonna uh, really, really, really fucking praise them on is they did the amazing job of pulling off what the illustrator, uh, Stephen Gamble. Yeah, Stephen mm-hmm. Gamble, and then Brett Helquist for 2011 editions. Yeah, he cool. for some reason they got a different illustrator for the 2011. I'm not sure why, but. Okay. There you have it. I know the the ones that haunted everybody was more the Stephen Gamble work, but yeah, 2011. The but uh, yeah, they dude, the design of the monsters in this movie were fucking great. They were gnarly. Great. I, Harold was just awesome. He was creepy as hell. Yeah. So yeah, there's three stories. Do you know the three stories? Or is there four stories? It feels um, like more because they kind of blend a couple. Yeah, they kind of they kind of mesh a few of them together. You had. Uh, they you you see like little nuances of like uh, the cat's paw. You see, um, right. But the main animals. ones that involve the characters is Harold, mm-hmm. uh, the big toe, the red spot, and then the pale lady. The pale lady, yeah. Uh, the the me tie Dodie Walker, yeah. yeah. The jangly man, and then I don't know haunted house. Yeah, haunted house. There you go. Yeah, see the had... ha- the haunted house was used more for the big toe. They didn't go with the re- ori- there wasn't really an original creature design for the big toe, but they used the haunted house uh, creature design for the big toe story, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think for the jangly man, that was a separate story, and the Mitai Doty Walker is a separate story. So they kind of blended both stories together to kind of give you the effect they did in the film. Mitai Doty Walker, which was awesome. That was probably like one of my favorites. Dude, they, Me Tai Doty Rock? Dude, yeah. Well, I've, my story-wise. I've got to oh, okay. praise it on on the look of this film. Like, I don't... Okay, there's a couple of re- things that I'm just like, why? Why Why would they set this film in the 60s, 70s? Not I don't know. The dialogue does not feel part of that era. The only thing that lets you keep bringing you back is the fucking Richard Nixon shit, which I'm not even sure why. Why? The, why, exactly, why in the fuck is all this... Like, why was there a political agenda? And why was it sources? so important? Like, everybody's always watching a Richard Nixon or mm-hmm. the votes going on, or like who you could That's have done away with all for that. A president Tricky Dick. Yeah, you could like, have done away with all that and kept it like actually as a current story, and it, it you would never tell the difference. It's if, like somebody was trying to find a pulse on a cadaver to try to redo what was like a big deal with it. It's like somebody found that it was so strong because they had tackled the timeline and did such a great job with this kid's story that if we can just get a little close to what they did in it, maybe we can, like, 
you know, piggyback off of that or leapfrog off of that fucking effort. Right, I'm going to tell you right now, this movie is exactly the definition of why I hate children actors. <laughs> this was a PG-13 film, and I think that's where they came out swinging in the wrong direction. And a lot of the wraparound story is is pretty much The Ring. If you've seen The Ring, it's identical to that storyline. It's mm-hmm. It's the... The girl who died, almost like the grudge in the ring and all that kind of shit. It's a girl who's trapped, who who had evil committed upon her, and she's trying to get revenge, um, you know, vis-a-vis, you know, beyond the grave and stuff like that, you know. And and it's just like you get close to it, you get exposed to her, she's going to exact her revenge upon you, and your little circle who was, like, involved in getting close to her. So I was like, oh, I've seen this before, and you're doing what differently? You're just involving these little storylines from a book I, I deeply love from my childhood. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that that could have been handled better. Like from the screenplay, from the word go, you should have been able to – if I'm seeing it, you, you they should have seen it. I think it would have been a lot stronger, me and you had talked about this, if Netflix would have got it and just made it an anthology. Do each story a different story, a short 30, 40-minute yeah. episode. Yep. Like, and you would have had three books worth. But instead, they cram it into this convoluted fucking mess. It's not a mess. It's, co- it's cohesive, but it's still a fucking mess. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't it, agree, Nate. Oh, shut up, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do the split personality bit? I thought it was gnarly. No. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. This, this, this movie, like... It pulled a um, Avatar: Last Airbender. They tried to cram too much into one one two hours of a movie. Like Avatar: Last Airbender, they tried they crammed an entire season of a TV show, like all twenty six episodes, into a two hour movie. Whereas this one, you crammed an entire book full of like amazing, awesome stories that we all grew up with into an hour hour and a half which felt like three hours and they only gave us five stories like granted like you said they all kind of the stories are kind of like mixed in and mishmashed to create something else to give you a bit more of a scarier effect but they they could have done they definitely could have done a lot more with it um something i do like though in the casting if you look at the casting javier botet is in it Oh really? Yeah, he plays as the uh, the missing toe. Gotcha. Figures. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. kind of figures. Because whoever's doing the jangly man, that was like fucking magic. Yeah, mainly CGI. Oh well, there was a guy in the void, and they showed him doing his audition tape, and he did everything like that, mm. like oh, in the, the audition twist. tape. Oh, oh yeah, I actually remember that in the void because yeah. he comes out of like a locker. He just untwists himself in front of you, and you're just like, isn't that the same guy that did uh, uh, Silent Hill? No, this the, guy that was the guy in the bathroom crawling. The janitor. Yeah, uh, I know this guy who did the void. That was his first feature. So him doing anything beyond that, I mean, I because w- I knew the guy from Silent Hill was like a contortionist actor. Like, gotcha. And I was like, huh. But yeah, I remember that. That was beautiful. Uh, another great fucking film work where the visual effects were just amazing. Definitely worth it. Yeah, I mean this this movie. You know, you start out with this. You know. Haunt, you know, kids playing a trying to get back at their bully who is just a douche. Come on, the duck lips wasn't even invented till 2000. This guy walks <laughs> around with perpetual duck lips on, fucking dork. Um, but it starts on Halloween. They're you know, they know this idiot's gonna fucking grab their bag of candy and they play a trick on him. 
throw a bag of flaming shit in his car. And then, you know, they get chased. They meet up with this other guy, Ramon, at the movie theater. And then they say, hey, you want to go to this haunted house? Well, they find the secret room, find a book, and then thus all the stories begin. Yep. And it's just like, oh, okay, we're going this route. Gotcha. Mm. Fun. Mm, not really. Nah, <laughs> not, unfortunately. Um, the 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 lead up to it, like I I was I was giving it a pass on the lead up because I knew like this movie, it, it was what rated PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was giving it a pass on that, and it's kind of this is a children's storybook, you know. I was giving it a pass on that, but it just it felt so overdone because like so other so many other movies or so many other like ghost stories or spooky stories like this i've all kind of start off the same way like some kids get some kids or teenagers or even adults meddle in something they really shouldn't have because of an urban legend in the in the hometown and they end up unleashing something they really shouldn't have yeah. if i'm not mistaken didn't goosebumps do that well that's wasn't get to yeah oh, that's what that's the thing that you have to kind of draw a line at is that as a film i guess you know you're going in to watch a scary film and it kind of misses a mark, you realize that this is actually a, a scarier version of the Goosebumps format because the Jack Black Goosebumps and the Jack Black's uh, the Goosebumps sequel, they follow the same format, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's more comedic. It's yeah. fun. You, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, and this one didn't really do that too much. And I think it was following that line of like being almost a PG-13 it. Mm-hmm. It just felt like the themes being a little too close to stuff that we're familiar with was just like that's where it kept kicking in the teeth. And I just kept looking for Josh Jackson. <laughs> we had to sit through. You're going with urban legends. Come on now. We had to sit through so much uh, just set up just for a monster. And I hated mm-hmm. that you really had to, like, you know, you kind of scratched your head the whole time. Yeah. Well, Harold was fucking fan fucking tastic. He, I love the look of the monsters in this movie. I, I don't know why that's the best part of it for me. Harold was creepy. Oh no, that's understandable because I I can understand your 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 side on that because they they embody what you were scared of. They mm-hmm. like even though the scary stories without the pictures, it's just a story. But once you get that um, once you get the illustrations, you now have a monster to put to that story. Right, and and scarecrows by themselves creep me out. I mean, I was half expecting you know when he was walking down the field. And there's Harold. And then he walks like 100 yards the other way, and there's Harold. Then he walks another 100 yards, and it's the Creeper. I was half expecting, <laughs> I was half expecting some of that shit. But, uh, you know, it, they did a really good job with the look of this movie. It's, it's you know, the director, I'm not even going to attempt his name right now, but he did The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And Autopsy oh, of Jane Doe has a fucking autopsy. great look to it, and it's mm. got a great storyline. So... Being that Guillermo del Toro was backing this with this guy at the helm, I was like, oh, shit, these are two, you know, Guillermo's a very visionary director. He's very spot on with with creations of characters that, that you know, like Hellboy, like anything the man's done, like Pan's Labyrinth, all this shit looks so cool. And I was like, okay, so the look of the film is going to look fucking great. The director of the film is going to, tell a great fucking storyline i mean it, those of you that watched autopsy of jane doe i think that was on our best of 15 or 16 episodes yeah, that's yeah. a good one that's a was. fucking really good flick and i don't like emil hirsch like and i still really really fucking like that movie so yeah i was hoping for for something but whoever wrote the screenplay man that's where it was dead 
Hagman. It was dead when, when like, it hit paper. Just out of curiosity, what have what have the three Hagman, writers? Oh fuck, two writers. Sorry, the Hagman couple brothers. <laughs> I got you confused. Conjoined twins. <laughs> They're one person, just different entities. They 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 identify schizophrenic people. What do you think, do? Nate? <laughs> I think no, no. <laughs> what have they worked on? Well, yeah. What have what else have they worked on, if anything? Uh, they've done the story for Hotel Transylvania, which is a Adam Sandler CG film. You're not uh, impressing me. They worked on the CG story for a Lego Movie. Not impressing oh, me. Uh, Lego Ninjago Movie. Oh boy, not impressing uh, me. They knocked out some stories and stuff for Troll Hunters. Uh, the Definitely not impressing me. Netflix show. So what you're telling me is they hired some inexperienced boobs that have no business in the genre to write a movie so they that's got, based in horror. But then I could slap back and say, you know what? They made the perfect movie for a PG-13 uh, audience. They just didn't make a movie for a grown-ass fucking minute. Yeah, yeah but I don't, even think, I don't even think as a PG-13, you don't even think kids would jump in this. They did. Oh, I, I went there with like... Well, you went there with your yeah, kids. Yeah, I went there with all my kids, and they were... I mean, yeah. But in our theater, I didn't see a fucking nope. person budge. Well, I think the the project is aimed for... We we did have a child, and they were hyperventilating yeah. <laughs> during the like the scary and I think scary this, moments. And I think that's what this was aimed for. Like, I, I told you, one of my best stuff for like last year was cl- uh, House with a Clock in Its Walls. Mm-hmm. And it's a Jack Black story. And the reason I loved it is because when I looked at the kids, it's like they got... What I got when I got to watch uh, Goonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a fun adventure story with a dark edge to it. And when I saw my kids watch this, it was like they got that. They got a fun adventure story that was a little on the dull side. But the horror was amped up to almost like adult level horror. Yeah. So they were fucking like terrified of some of the shit. It's because I if, can concede to that. I'll, if, I'll give you that. If this I, is made if, for 13 year olds. Because if I let my kids watch it, they have nightmares because it is like pushing that rated R dark boundary. It's scary for us as adults. But when you watch a little kid watch it, you're like, fuck, this is a little too much for you. You know, you're watching a kid get his fucking arm bit off in the first eight minutes. Yeah. But with the, the scary stories on the dark, it's like I saw my four year old daughter like just like smile and glee at the grotesqueness and then get scared as shit when the head's body started fucking putting itself together and start climbing, you know, crawling around the jail cell. So I got to see that joy, you know? And I think that's what I can be ambivalent because, you know, I see what it's more aimed at. Yeah. Just like I told Ralph that when we were watching, I was like, dude, this is a teeny bop, young teenager film. Like, yeah. I don't think 18-year-olds are going to get any rise out of this. Well, Goosebumps, they, they watch it out of pure fucking, like, let's smile and have a good time. This one, I think they'd be like, let's watch that scary movie that mm-hmm. is kind of, like, creepy as shit because yeah. they, they go to that dark spot. Because you're giving them grudge moments. You're giving them fucking things you're, that... You're giving them the building blocks for horror. Oh, yeah. Like, like, goose, like example, Goosebumps is intermediate horror. Whereas abominable snowman running through a hockey mm. hockey rink, it's fun. Yeah, uh, seeing the seeing the jangly man push through the bars and stuff, and like the utter like it level fear, it's awesome to see on a fucking kid's face because yeah. it's like, hey, it's mild, but still at that level, we're like, hey, it's a scary movie for kids, mm-hmm. a genuine scary movie for kids. Yeah, I was nursing a, a fucking whiskey hangover. Oh so yeah, therefore, Fuck. yeah, you weren't being nice. I was just like, mm. you weren't being nice. <laughs> it's like it's still it, not nice. Well, it wasn't nice. It wasn't a nice movie for us. I think this movie would do all right with nine year olds to about fourteen. I don't think 15, 16, 17 year olds are going to find this scary. It's too mild still. Yeah, it's like okay, like 
and there's a lot of fucking boo scares. And I, it's like, dude, come, you're not getting me. <laughs> you're not getting me the first time. You're not getting me the 50th time. Like, yeah. I don't know. But going on the creep factor, this movie does do a good job of Giving bringing you to that element. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The imagery, the way the film looks is great. I just, I really, really have some gripes about the fucking era they set it in. Why? Why do you even have to do that? Like, it doesn't even make sense. And the, and the kid's dialogue doesn't ma- doesn't jive with it, where he's like, oh, man, that's really dark. Excuse me, that's a 2000 saying. They didn't say that in fucking 60s. Yeah. So, I mean, I think another time he said something about uh, get slept or something like that, and it's like, that that's like 2010s. Yeah. Like, the dialogue doesn't match up, so... But that's like... You, you can't be that picky. Oh, I'm picky. Well, you, that's like, oh, why are they rapping in Aladdin? They, and back in Aladdin times, they didn't rap. Oh, like that's that. I'm saying I'm saying that that's, that's the, the, the situation. You're, you're, you're taking a real-life setting and trying to put characters in it. You gotta make sure the dialogue's on. Yeah, because when you're talking about big toe monsters walking through the house, I like to be... Not big I toe know, monster fucking, guy. I'm just fucking missing toe monster. Get it right. Missing toe. He did. Oh man, who would have eaten that shit, dude? He throated that shit. God, he didn't eat it. Is. He throated it. I was like, oh, that's kind of gross. And he's like, pulls out like a six inch big toe. I was like, that dude. Uh, <laughs> There's like some 46 year old guy with his t shirt all talent. tied up. His name's Tammy, <laughs> and he's like amateur. That's not how you eat a toe. I was like, Jesus. Hi, my name's Augie. <laughs> I like toes. I like totally eating toes. Dude, yeah, that's a foot fetish thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, when he pulled that toe, I was like, God damn, how do you not realize that fucking king size snicker bar in your fucking mouth? It's like Sandra Bullock's foot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ. That toe belongs to fucking Gina Davis. (laughs) Golly. Fucking hell. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, like the. Uh, like, Still drinking whiskey. <laughs> That's a big Arctic cup of whiskey. Oh shit! Uh, Hair of the dog. Keep it going, Hair right? Of the dog. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I, I do agree with uh, what you're saying with all of that. Like the the kids, I, the acting. Oh my god, the acting for those kids. Oh, the main girl. Fuck. The main girl I didn't really mind is everybody else around her like reacting to her. Yeah, the comedic relief Chuck, he he yeah. is just he it's like he channeled the dude from Cabin in the Woods. I'm not going to be that hard on the acting. No, oh boy. Cuz we watched Jeepers Creepers too. I'm not going to be that hard on the acting. Okay. I'm that's just apples and volleyball. That's completely <laughs> different things. I'm, I'm just Abby's saying apples and volleyball. I, I, I Those it, kids probably fucking worked yeah. before Jeepers Creepers too. Yeah. These kids are coming in new. You know, Scotty. He, he didn't. He, know. he couldn't see between the lines. Scotty didn't fucking know at all. <laughs> what you mean there, Mexican boy? What are we gonna do? We're gonna run with the bus. You gonna call me something, Scotty? <laughs> I think you want to call me something. Wet back. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hey, they put it on the fucking car. They did. There's yeah. a lot of Mexican races. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Wow. Okay. Hey, do you have a switchblade? Uh, oh, you do. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you know how to pick locks. Oh, and you're a draft dodger. Jesus. Wetback. <laughs> Jesus. Every Trump supporter had a grin in that fucking theater. Really? I think I saw a couple of MAGA hats in the theater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no. We know, we know them boys. That's right. You tell them. <laughs> Jesus. We'll let them touch my daughter. Oh, <laughs> that was uh, spitting, not popping. 
Oh, it's apples and volleyball. Yeah, apples, <laughs> apples and, and volleyball. Totally different sex toy. <laughs> That's a whole other aisle. Keep on going past the gags. Yeah. Past if you reach the, the plugs, you got too far. Come yeah. back. Come back. Mark, we're back. Fucking hell. If you're, if you're staring at KY, you're right there. Just <laughs> right. look up. <laughs> Is that for the volleyballs? <laughs> Bloop. Oh, oh, it's right next to the pineapples. And softballs. Oh, uh, where are we going with this? Well, next is ping pong balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. I just recently watched uh, the South Park. Uh, ping pong trick. Oh, the the longer uncut the longer. movie. I haven't seen that in so long. And so fucking funny. So funny. It's fucking funny. That was so ahead of its time. Dude, it was. I, I love the mole because it was a ripoff of Top Secret with Val Kilmer. Oh, that's awesome. He's like, uh, what does he keep saying? I can't I can't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> What's a dick for? To pee with, silly. <laughs> oh, man, mine's the uh, the little French kid who's like really just anti-God and all that stuff. He's like, oh, fuck your God. <laughs> like, yeah, that I was guy. like, oh, man, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I... I... <laughs> What what you think? What did you dig for? To, to piss with. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> oh, I love that fucking movie. Oh yeah. That that Why are we talking I about wish that I would have watched that. Yeah, let's talk about let's that. Let's just cut into that. Let's cut into that. All right. I'm Nathan. Hi, this is Jeff. <laughs> and this is Ralph. We're talking about South Park. <laughs> I I hope this film does get a, a sequel. I hope it I makes. I hope it gets his money back, and I hope they get a little chance to redeem. Because if you ever, if you go back to this director's filmography, watch his first film, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is like one of the best uh, found footage films I think I've ever seen in my life. Because it's literally like it plays with uh, the troll kind of hunting lore, and it has like it's for some reason it's a found footage film with Lord of the Rings level fucking special effects budget mm -hmm. and you're just like fucking amazed where you're watching that film and then when it ends you're like I can't wait to see what this guy does next and we had to wait so long to get uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe and now we finally get scary stories so I hope this really opens doors for that director because his eye he's got a really good way of uh, showing us uh, stories. I just hope that uh, the scripts kind of line up better for him. I, I want him to have his hands in it a little bit more to make sure uh, the property really meets, uh, the vision meets the story, you know? Oh, fuck. The Dan Hagman is actually writing uh, It Part 2. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Looking forward to that now. Yeah, I'm totally bullshitting you. He doesn't have a Wikipedia. Good. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. I hope they... I hope they keep the director. I hope Gilmore is still Producing. on board. Yeah. But I want new script writers, new story guys. Yep. Like three dudes wrote the story for this. Two dudes, other dudes screenplayed it. So it's like not even the story, the guys who came up with how the structure of the story are writing the screenplay. They need to have that a vision. You yeah. Know, the guy who's writing the story writes the screenplay. When you have too many fucking cooks in the kitchen, come on. No, you get a mess. And I think that you can't be scared to do that. I think uh I think Scott uh Cawthorn or something like that, who uh, who does uh he created Five Nights at Freddy. Mm. Scott Cawthorn. Thank you. Um he read Chris Columbus's 
uh, screenplay for Five Nights at Freddy because Chris Columbus was signed up to write and direct for Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And he read the script and he didn't like it. And he dismissed it. And he said, fuck it, we're going to trash this and we're going to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And that's why this project is taking so long because they're trying to get the story right for film. And, I, and the only reason I bring this up is because I think this is what you need to do when you're working with an original IP. I think when you bring in your product you take care of it you want to you want to protect its original form but you want to expand for the audience Mm -hmm. an expansion of it which it be in another sequel of the game and in a video game or a movie or tv show or whatever you want to make sure that that original audience continues to grow with your product and i feel for this they canceled out a little bit of the older people that i think grew up with it and they presented more of a product that felt more easily accessible for Youth a younger a younger audience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to the fucking um, Portuguese sister, the <laughs> Portuguese yes, uh, to the writers. Uh, I recognize a name here, Marcus Dustin. Oh yeah. Okay, he was supposed to write the Halloween sequel. Yeah. Before Dimension got scrapped and the new Halloween. Marcus Dustin, you're right. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that because I've seen that guy's name on quite a few projects. Let me see his name. Marcus Dunstan. Let me see. He did all the saws. Oh yeah, that Marcus Dunstan. Yeah, he did a <laughs> feast, and he's he's done. Yeah. A, he actually him and his uh, writing partner they wrote a screenplay for God of War. They've been tied to a lot of cool Piranha projects. Piranha Collection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick Milton is a director he works with a lot, and Patrick Milton is what did the uh, Collector series. So I'm hoping that they're tied together to do the next Collector film that's going to complete, hopefully, this trilogy that we've been waiting for. Jesus Christ, they're making another one? Yeah, the Collector, the Collection, and this third one should wrap up the trilogy of that story because it's always been fun. I did not know that that was a trilogy. Well, I didn't know that. No, with with the third part being in production, that would make good. Well, I didn't know that, like, the collector oh. had a sequel. Oh, dude, the, the collector, and then you watch the cl- watch the collection, and when you get that little fun little thing at the end of collection, you're like, "Can't wait for part three. Yeah, the collection was actually better than the collector. I thought. Holy oh shit. yeah, okay. that fucking club scene at the beginning of collection. Oh <laughs> my god, it's like that haymill just goes across the fucking uh, the it? crowd. That's crazy. Uh, this is why we're not on Periscope. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. We'd have to blur. It's like, like we're a cops episode. Copyright imaging cannot no. use without permission. Jesus Christ. Look at that. That's Brianna Banks movements there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jeez. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the story just kind of just plays through the motions of the stories. The book is writing itself. Per what was the girl's name? Foggy. No, that was the that was the friend. Chuck um, Arnold Palmer. No, 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 no. Um, Sarah Stella. Bellows. Stella. Stella. Or are we talk about the no, the book author. Um, something Bellows. Sarah. Sarah Bellows. Sarah Bellows. <sighs> Sarah like Bellows. A, sounds like a cake icing. Sarah <laughs> <Cerebellos>. Bellows. <laughs> I was hearing more cerebellum. <laughs> mm. uh, shoot him in the cerebellum. That's exactly. when we can tell these zombies. <laughs> it's a stretch. All right. yeah, a little bit. That's Speaking okay. of stretching, man. All right, what were some of your favorite scenes from this movie where you're like, that was a standout scene. I like that part because of whatever the fuck. I really like the uh, jangly man or whatever his fucking name is. I thought his whole section was pretty fucking cool. Gotcha. Um, I like the cop actor. 
I've seen him in a bunch of shit. I don't know his name, but he's like a guy that I can place every now and then. When yeah, I see yeah, him. yeah. But uh, do, you, do you? I, I, I kind of detested his reaction though to the whole. He unloaded his revolver into the head, and then the rest of the film, he was just like, oh. Oh, I, that's what? where I know him from. What? He's fucking uh, Tommy uh. in Shawshank Redemption. The wild. We oh, liked him yeah, immediately. Yeah. So, He's when he gets shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to escape, but yeah. wasn't escaping. Yeah. Crooked ass caps. But uh, yeah, like I liked him because he was just like, uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard this. This book is killing people. You know, he was very skeptic. But as soon as he unloaded his revolver, I was just like, what did you do? The d- thing is decapitated, smiling at you. I like, but I, like I liked the grin that it pulled on its face, like a very Joker oh, esque, yeah. the Richter grin, right? Yeah. And it's like, holy shit! It, it reminded me a lot of a uh, what's that old movie that the Joker got his face from? Uh, a guy, I don't even fucking. Oh, um, the man with screaming head or something like that. No, I can't remember no. it, but uh, it'll come back to me. I liked Harold. I. I I find cornfields creepy, man. Yeah. Like they they do, a, and they yet he wants goods. corn in the next Halloween yeah, movie. Yeah, fucking a, I do. The band corn definitely in the new Halloween movie. Yeah, they could use the soundtrack, soundtrack from yeah. fucking Queen of the Dam. It'd awesome. be great. Jonathan Davis is magical when he does the original scores. Not really. <laughs> but... The man who laughs. Yeah, the man who uh, laughs. Uh, he has a very the nineteen twenty eight gr- film. Very much of a grimace look on his face, like that. Like, I'm like. He's creepy, and then I love how he's always twisting and you know turning. It's like fuck. And I did confirm that the uh, the actor who came out in the void, uh, that's the same actor that played uh, the jangly man. It was oh. not the same face actor, but whoever did the motions, it was him. Andy Serkis. Nice. Uh, his name's Troy James. Uh, he worked on uh, the void. He would later do a Channel Zero episodes. He would do Hellboy. He did the Baba Yaga. Uh, oh, he did do the Baba Yaga, huh? And That's then cool. he did uh, the Ragdoll and the Flash. And he just recently did Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. So gotcha. that guy's got some crazy ass double jointed crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you showing me the void clip, and I was just like, Jesus. Yeah. The guy could fold like that. The guy could <laughs> fold into a large cardboard box and just like unravel like a slinky. I was like, fuck. Jesus. Um, you said Andy Serkis that remind me he got tied to uh, Venom 2 to direct yeah uh, to direct yeah. to direct Venom 2 wow yeah so he's moving in is that his first no no what did he direct before that he did the Jungle Book that was for Netflix so this is his first <laughs> <laughs> first Marvel Sony film there we go yeah there was that there was Harold um, the big toe I just found stupid like just one fucking scene, man. Come on. We said one. All right, go well, for one it. scene. There you go. The, yeah, fucking, what, what, the fucking jiggly man. Jiggly man. <laughs> the jiggly man. Um, Orange the, pale, the the pale woman. That one kind of that one freaked oh. me out because every fucking corner, like he was cornered in each one, and for her to like just like it was it was unnerving that every like every time he would turn he would see her, but then when it got to the point to where she was just like closing in on all four. That's when I was like, uh, mm, you t- have nowhere to run. And the haunted house shit leading up to it where she like dropped her glasses and the guy would see it in the future. All that stuff in the haunted house. That was at the end. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, sorry. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm jumping. The pale woman. All I kept thinking is Jesus Christ. Jabba fuck salacious crumb. <laughs> 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 they had a baby and it is ugly. God damn. That was fun. And then oh. the entire... 
And she like just that big up. smile that looked like a very comfortable hug. It did <laughs> until she lie. like started inhaling him. <laughs> I have no problem with this. It still looked comfy. <laughs> you remind me of uh, Slither when they're all joining the big blob. Yes, Slither. Yes, never saw Slither. Starla, <laughs> why did you leave us? Oh Jesus. God, Slither is a fucking mindfuck. Was a uh, part you liked? I like the the ending. I guess I, was, I thought you were playing on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. The the ending of the haunted house where she's going back and forth, where the guy's being pursued by the jangly man, and she's wandering through this time experience of cerebellos, and where she drops her glasses and it affects into the time realm of uh, existing in current time. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then when she finally got thrown into the room and she meets the ghost of cerebellos and all that stuff and the the way they kind of did the librarian scene circa today, you know, it was kind of cool. Because uh, the ghostly way they shot the uh, Cerebello's character and the way she would levitate into the room, I was like, I don't like staring at the big bad. And this fucking show, this fucking movie, made you appreciate every second you're looking at it. Yeah, it wasn't some random insidious, you know, lipstick demon. It was like true scary shit to look at. And mm-hmm. I was like, fun. Lipstick, lipstick demon was fine up until we got the entire like full body reveal. Oh yeah, and then she's like hoofing it around, Tiny chasing Tim. after you. Mm-hmm. Bingo through the window. Channeling him, Ralph. Channeling him. <laughs> I love that he lives through you, sir. <laughs> oranges, oranges and volleyballs. Oranges and That lives through me. <laughs> oranges in the I, front, I volleyball. volleyball shit out of the back. I play volleyball. That's cool. With the pale woman. With the, inside She's the volleyball. <laughs> that would be a hard game. <laughs> Jesus. She looked like the. All right, you go in and get it. Man. You go in there and get it. Not my turn. <laughs> Stay puffed, kid, right there. So, yeah, um, let's go ahead and do some final thoughts on this shindig. Cool. Did wow. you want to do uh, get, a, get a straight? That comes after final thoughts. Do you want to do get a straight? After final thoughts. You want to get straight now? <laughs> I am straight. <laughs> oh, you some some volleyballs up there. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, reach for it. Here you go. Here we go. Here you come. Here we go. Here we go. I don't know. Final thoughts on this one. This one's tricky. Um, I'm kind of definitely own it because I got kids. Um, <laughs> so I, that's, that's about, a, that's I mean, I, I would never buy Goosebumps 1 and 2, but there they are on my fucking voodoo account and clock in the walls. I mean, it's, I, I really dig buying the, uh, the, the horror kid stuff and this is no exception. I would not shy away from buying this in a second. Um, Directing wise, he did. He knocked it out of the park. Um, everything visually is great. Uh, I was really happy with the camera work. Um, I'm, I love the color effects for the uh, the pill woman when the your your the your color light. tones go red and she's just is fucking closing in on you. It's just so claustrophobic and fun. And I love how everything was almost framed up to always be cut into a sequence where everything would match so well it was really neat especially in the ending with the haunted house sequence yeah um a lot of things felt familiar but he still managed to make it feel new and fresh uh the storyline definitely was uh the big uh cross to bear for me it was definitely too close if you ever watch the ring you watch the changeling you've seen the ring if you watch uh the grudge you if you and you've seen the ring you've seen the grudge it's like all these this formula is not old it's just having the fun with the scary story uh, creatures that makes it unique. The score was actually quite fun. It was a little off at some places where I was like not noticing it, but at some points it was just subtle enough to be noticed and appreciated. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward. I'm cheering for a sequel. 
and uh yeah this is definitely a buy for me um as much as i had my problems with it i would say i agree with you on the directing i agree with you on the story writing um uh but the story writing is just a crash and burn but everything else in this film is is pretty spot on to what i would expect out of a book when i went into this i didn't have like the highest of expectations like oh this this is gonna be fucking great i didn't get hyped up about it i just knew i wanted to fucking like it because this is my childhood essentially you know fucking library books and buying them and shit when i was fuck i think seven or whatever the fuck age they came out when they came out new i got them um i wanted to like it i don't like it um and it's I understand Jeff's argument. It's more geared for kids being PG 13. And I accepted that when I was watching it, it was like, this is not made for me. Um, but the directing was so great. And I really was hoping that the combination of on, on whatever his fucking name is, the director and Guillermo, um, I was hoping for a, at least a good home run PG 13 movie. Uh, instead, what I got was kind of like a foul ball. It was like, oh, shit, excitement. Uh, shit. Doesn't count. So uh, I'm going to say, if you have kids, this is a good intro for horror, especially if they read the books or you shared the books with them. Um, I don't think late teens are going to find it scary. Uh, I think that's probably why it's having trouble making its money back. Opening opening week, it got $20 million. This should have been probably like a $40 million. I mean, if you would have stayed true to the source, there's there's a fan base for this shit. Um, it should have had like stronger word of mouth. Well, I mean, they did the Super Bowl ads. They did the split trailers where it was like little 30-second segments to yeah. let you know the storylines. Like there was a lot, a lot of fucking yeah. money thrown at this thing. But in the end, I think it's they just geared it towards the wrong audience but jeff could be absolutely right they're trying to hook them young and follow it along with even more scary stories and or well, more scary stories and then a follow-up even more um but for me i i just let down i love like i said i love the special effects of this movie i love the look of the monsters but that's every Guillermo produced movie or anything that he's got his hand on he usually just makes these fantastic creatures. So I'm going to come down the side of a void more towards a rent. But if you have children, yeah, it's, it's a buy for, for children. <laughs> if you have children, there you go. Um, for me, this movie back in years ago, whenever they did the scholastic book club and you're able to buy these books, um, I was all over these books, even though my mom threw them away the first time I bought them, I rebought them and she did not appreciate that one bit, but I loved them regardless. They were something I grew up with. And whenever I saw that they were doing a movie for him and Guillermo del Toro was tied to him, I didn't know who the director was at the time. Um, I was, I was on that hype train. I was like, Oh, this is going to be fucking amazing because at that time, Nate had just, just showed me the Hellboy movies. I had, I had seen Pan's Labyrinth. I was in love with Pacific Rim. So I was like, Guillermo del Toro, as of at that moment, to me, could not do any, could not do any, could not do any wrong. Um, and whenever I finally got to see it, leading up to all this hype that I was building up on, I'm not going to lie, I was disappointed in it. This movie is not made for 
the 30 year old adult that's looking to try and relive his childhood. These, this wasn't filmed to be a horror. This wasn't, this wasn't filmed to be a rated R horror movie. It was filmed for the kids that grew up like at, for our age group that grew up with the books and to introduce this for a new time. Um, kind of like how would they do with several other movies that were just like, man, we wish it would have been better. We wish it would have been better, but it's not catered to us. It's catered to the younger folk. Granted. Yeah. It's a nice little nostalgia trip for us. Um, but I agree wholeheartedly with both of y'all. Like the director did, did a good job with it. Guillermo del Toro producing it. Couldn't do any wrong. It's just, I wish they would have gotten better writers, um, better people to work on it because the story for me, um, I checked out after Augie got taken. Like once Augie was out, I was, I was out. Like I had art at that point I checked out and I was like, man, I was digging the visuals, but I was really just kind of like, like, um, walking through the motions. Yeah. Walking through the motions. I was, I was, I was treating it like I was my, my TV at work. It was white noise until it was something I wanted to pay attention to. And once it finally got to something I paid attention to, I was like, okay, this is badass. And then as soon as that moment that as soon as that moment was done on the screen, I started paying attention to other things. Like, like I said earlier, like whenever we were in the theater, I was paying more attention to the kid hyperventilating behind <laughs> me than I was to like the, everything else that was going on on screen. Um, for me though, this movie, this movie definitely slides down the rent avenue for me because it's something, it's for personal use, for personal, just for yeah. like nostalgia's sake. Go for it, Rock, knock yourself out, you know. Enjoy, like, watch the movie that brought those monsters to life. Those those visuals, you know, watch it for that, so you can get that nostalgic uh, sense. But don't watch it for a story, oh, yeah. because if you try to watch it for a story, you're gonna be upset, and you're gonna just go back and read the books. Mm-hmm. Because the books is really where it gets you. Because at that point, you can use your imagination to create the story that you really want. You can create that scary story to tell in the dark. Whereas the movie kind of takes that magic away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely this movie is something that you're going to, I would say rent. If you have kids and you want to introduce them to horror, this is an ideal movie. Give them goosebumps. Give them like, uh, what was the other one? Clock in the walls. Yeah. House with the clock in the walls. House with the clock in the walls. Give them that. And then are once they're afraid of the dark. Are, oh yes. Fucking. Are you afraid of the dark? Nickelodeon's Every bringing episode, that back. Yes. Nickelodeon's bringing that back. Introduce them to that. Then once they're comfortable with all that, then just like shove them into scary stories. <laughs> once you do that, you have them ready. Yep. And then you can start introducing them to the bigger stuff, the stuff that not so intense as like it, but something a little closer, maybe like the Tim Curry it or something, you know? Yeah. But if you're an adult nostalgia, if you're a kid, are you trying to get it for your kids? Go ahead and buy it. Let them, let them enjoy that while you go and kick back and enjoy the books. Another thing that surprised me about this, that when, during your final thought, you said it is this is, more geared toward a younger audience. Okay, well, if that's the truth, I think the writers were just confused because it's like, why would you make a story based in the 60s for kids today? For a movie for kids today, why would you base it in the 60s? They're not going to have any relatability to it where if you would have made a current, hey, this is 2019 and this is happening, well, then kids are going to fucking relate to it a lot better because, hello, it's present. Um, to make it in the 60s would seemingly be geared more towards us, the older fucking fans. 
And why not go with an R rating? I don't know if they went through proms and the studio was like, hey, we're not comfortable. CBS Films. What the fuck? I don't even know any movies they made. I'm not even going to bother to look it up. Um, it's just, a, just a thought of mine just now. I don't know why they would do it that way. Well, why is Stranger Things doing as good as it's doing now? Why did it have the Well, Stranger Things is still geared towards us in a way because it's the 80s. We, oh, 80s I, I, I understand. But I'm saying like I think for some reason they always think the simplicity of the time makes the stories more effective, I think. Right, but I mean, you already have monsters that are affecting lights and shit. Why can't they just affect the cell phones? You know, it fucking shuts the iPad off, kind of. Yeah, thing. I don't know. I I, I think because we're just this current day and age is so boring. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Snapchat, Twitter, you got all these things that I don't even understand what half of them are because of just lack of pure interest. <laughs> And here we are battling through it every day with the kids and like they're on watching Twitch streams rather than playing the video game. They rather watch some guy's Twitch stream of him watching playing the video game. And it's like, okay, like where do we draw the line between what affects you really? Oh, it's going to be the gunman at your local Walmart. That's going to scare you. Okay. Well, that's never going to stand up to these things that we deal with that, that we find that were truly scary to us. For us, when I would ride my bike alone with my friends and we'd see a haunted house or a creepy forest or, fuck, man, I'm leaving my buddy's house late. Why is that fucking car throwing its high beams on me and shit like that? It's like those things would drive the fear in you. Nowadays, you're hoping somebody doesn't hack your phone and get your private fucking photos or something like yeah, that or take over your Facebook or cyberbully you. It's like, geez. Like, it's just a different time, man. Like in the 80s, I remember we didn't even lock our fucking doors. And now you don't even know who your neighbors are. That's scary. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like nobody wants face-to-face. Everybody wants to be behind the screen for their comfort zones. It's like, well, uh, yeah, I remember like tromping around a graveyard when I was a kid, fucking playing hide and seek with my friends, and I fell in an open grave that was, you know, for somebody to be buried in the next day. Uh, that was fucking terrifying. Yeah, crashed six feet down into a fucking dark hole in the middle of the night in the graveyard. Yikes. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. And as Nate's in there, where's my volleyball? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> 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 it's like a goose laying an egg <laughs> you have it <laughs> right oh i don't want it back i don't Never want it mind. back it's yours now son that's <laughs> nate has an insane vertical <laughs> yeah, i do especially when i'm farting out a volleyball oh, <laughs> Poof. <man. laughs> That's how you got out of the grave. So, yeah, God. Uh, what do you got there, Ralph? You're I was going to say, I, I pulled up the CBS film uh, anything, filmography. Anything worth mentioning? Beastly. I don't know what you want. The Woman in Black. Uh, that was a good flick, but that was, what, a fucking 10 years ago? Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. Yeah, that was, that wasn't mm-hmm. 2012. That. I love Hammer um, Horror. I love that goth shit. Seven Psychopaths. Nah. Mm-hmm. The Last Exorcism, Exorcism Part 2. No. Uh, and good night. Uh, <laughs> they, they try. They Flight try. seven, uh, seventy five hundred. Oh, that was a horrible movie. They went through like fucking six years of trying to get released. Uh, that's that's Winchester. I, that's Ryan. Uh, Winchester uh, was horrible. Hellfest. Yeah. Yeah. Hellfest. No. That one with the flight. That one I think is like 7, that one and uh, yeah, yeah. seventy five hundred and uh, New Mutants are kind of going for the uh, yeah. how long can we take to come out kind of fucking shit. Like, 
Dude, that Flight was, 7500. That was yeah, I remember you and Sammy were all about trying we, to watch it. We were all about it, and then it just up and disappeared. And it was whenever you were out in, uh, where was it, New Mexico or mm-hmm. some shit? Like, he was out of town for, like, what, month? Eight months. Eight months. Me and Sammy ended up finding the movie. Two-month job. We watched it, and me and Sammy just were like, the fuck did we just watch? That's why it took so long to come out. Yeah, it was it was literally like five years, I think, something like that. It was essentially it was essentially left behind on an airplane, and they were just like, "Uh, "Okay, well, we'll just put it out there in the world for someone to grab on." (laughs) Like, I don't even think it did a theater release. No, it didn't do a theater uh, release. It had a worldwide, but it had a worldwide gross. Get this? Yeah, two point eight. Oh, that ain't that bad. That's not bad. Two point eight million. That's not bad. Try Dominion. 20, which one? Twenty-eight million dollars. Beastly got forty point seven million. Twenty-eight million. I think it's even more than that. I, I, I'm off on on how much it cost. I think it was like close from which twenty one? to forty. Dominion prequel to Exorcist. Because there's two versions. There's two versions. Yeah, the one director for Exorcist: The Beginning shot enough footage to make an entirely separate film, and then the no, the, no, the, the original director the, did Dominion. Right, right, and, and then, then they got they the guy from. Freddy Four. Yeah, uh, they got Rennie Harlan to yeah. come in and direct it and make it like cool, make it cool, man. Got to make it happen. So make then, it happen. with the disappointment of that, they took all the original footage from was it's one it one Roland Emmerich was it? I don't think so. Uh, I can't. Remember Rennie Harlan was the one they they hired. So and they the original took, director. Was, yeah, they took the original director and we'll talk about that when we get to Exorcist. Anywho, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, Dominion yeah. was made for like twenty to forty million. It only made two hundred thousand. Yeah, I remember going to see that movie, and I was all by my fucking self in the theater. All by myself. I just whipped it out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to be. Yeah, you didn't have anybody just sit there with a fucking popcorn bucket. That's right. I got to put my own popcorn bucket on. (laughs) That's hilarious. Sat on your hand for a little bit. It felt like a stranger. That's right. (laughs) You got a jangly man on it. I wonder if I can reach it. <laughs> or, <laughs> it's like my big toe. <laughs> we'll put that in my stew. Oh, oh fuck. My Hit my God. fucking music. Is this Aussie conditioner? That is fine hide leather. You've never felt soccer penis. <laughs> Let me hear shit, baby. You're rolling right up there. Like, 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 like a fucking Pepsi commercial. Welcome to the Nickelodeon's version of Stranger Things 4. A whole new definition of hay fever. (laughs) Chuck is scared of the red room. Thank God he wore the brown pants. The art of sucking toes. Not all Mexicans carry a switchblade. Oh, shit. You have one? <laughs> My bad. I guess the little girl from Hocus Pocus never hit that growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. It was a spider. A spider bit me feast. <laughs> Jangly man. Psh, Linda Blair did it better. A book that practically writes itself. <laughs> There's, I don't even fucking know. There's like two deaths, I think. I don't know. Go see the movie. Let's get it straight with Nate. Uh, for some quick recommends, uh, I would say 
definitely sit down and like Rob said, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, Goosebumps 1 and 2 are always fun to revisit. Um, one that really comes to mind is uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro, and it's a great fucking film where, you know, a family moves into a house, and there's just hidden secrets. And if you don't remember it, give it a shot. And after you see it, probably go reach out and see if you can find that old-ass uh, made-for-TV original f- uh, version of it, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. It's on Vudu. I think it was actually streaming on some other sites, too, recently. Uh, yeah, definitely. Get the kids and sit down and watch that one because that's uh, nightmare fuel. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's some quick, some, uh, quick recommends. Like I said, go to the Nickelodeon Horror Library and this is where this movie belongs. <laughs> I can agree with that, yeah. Pretty much. But fucking, I'm glad you brought Nickelodeon. Fucking, we're getting are you the afraid, afraid of the dark back. Originally, this year was going to be our Scary Stories in August. And in October, we we're going to get the uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark movie. And they don't said, fucking tease me. They said we're gonna do it the other way around. We're gonna bring back the store. Uh, we're gonna bring back the show first, and then they're gonna they're gonna start getting ready for Are You Afraid of the Dark film. You know my favorite one of my favorite stories from Are You Afraid of the Dark is the one with the fucking I can't remember the name of it, but kids are looking into a swimming pool. And all of a sudden, this like red fucking corpse comes out of the pool and just like I know it's like what the fuck is that? Uh, rewatch that episode. Yeah, rewatch it. Okay. It is beat for beat fucking It Follows before It Follows. Perfect. It is. Like, I watched it and I was like, oh, wait. So It Follows, but better. It, it's scarier. It was fucking... You, <laughs> you, you saw something at the end of the fucking episode, which was fucking nice. Oh, beautiful. Because the attack is all invisible. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Love no, you. I don't give a shit. And at the end, it's... Love the, you. It's four years now. I've had to deal with you knuckleheads. Because when I saw it, I was like... I had to rewatch it again. Cause I was like, oh, shit. This is actually a scary episode. Holy shit. This is like... It follows without the sex, and it's actually interesting and scary. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, it, I wish I remember the name of that episode, because that is one... Uh, Voodoo had the entire Are You Afraid of the Dark series on sale for like 20 bucks. And it's all fucking eight seasons. Or How 10. much is it now? I'm, I'm fucking buying it when I, I get know. off of here. But it was on sale for 20 bucks and I was like... It's on Hulu, bro. Boom, got it. I think it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu or Prime, but I think it's only a couple of seasons. I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But, but yeah, uh, I can't wait. Everybody was kind of trashing going, I bet they're going to screw this up. And I was like, again, it's not for the 30-something-year-old man. Not for the guys late twenties. It's the dead man's float. Dead man's float. That was it. That was a great episode. Yes, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're right. It's probably not going to be the scariest thing, but yeah, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Even the old Goosebump episodes are always fun to rewatch. So that's R.L. Stein, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's tell them what we got coming up. So. We're going to be doing It, Chapter 2. Yes. That's going to be coming up. And then I think we're diving in, and I apologize to half the fan base. (laughs) We're going to be diving into Rob Zombie's directing efforts, minus Halloween. We already did that. If you want to go back and listen to it, have a ball. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do the the trilogy. um, Uh, House... House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to do his... Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem and 31. 31. Uh, There's one more. I think there is. I don't know. Again, we'll research it and get into it. (laughs) You you know, I think, if if my memory serves me right, Specs is doing a sale on whiskey that weekend. Yeah? I've got a full bottle sitting at home. I'm going to need... Partially dented bottle now. I'm going to need six. 
Six. One for each one of those fucking movies. Eh, you'll be all right. Uh, House is actually kind of... Well, we'll talk about that one later. One for each one of those fucking movies. Yeah, right. Ralph will be drunk. <laughs> Should we re, uh, review the haunted world of El Super Bisco? No, we're not doing that. <sighs> no. <laughs> no? No. No. I don't even want to do Lords of Salem, but you know, I sat through that bitch once, and that was more than and I own the still book of that version I of bet, that film. I bet you do. I, wanna, I, do. I don't want to do five sixths of that of that entire series. You're gonna love it, Ralph. Every I'm fucking not. second, <laughs> you will review it, sir. <laughs> I guess y'all did make me watch It Follows three times. You watched it three times? Yes. Yeah, because we kept putting it off. We'd be like, hey, oh, we're going to record this no, week. No, watch, I watched it I watched it twice with Nate and then watched it one more time to do the review for the movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it three times. I watched it with the commentary. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's worse than Ambien, oh, yeah. isn't it? Oh, man. Just put that on at fucking Jesus. 10 o'clock. Yep. You'll be right out. I'd rather like get hugged. I'll go to sleep faster than having a conversation with Sammy and Nate. I'd rather get hugged by the pill face <laughs> than watch the fucking <laughs> It Follows with the commentary track on. That was, that was brutal. That was rough. Oh, dude, it's not even the fucking director. Hey, you want to do, do an episode where we do commentaries? If follow will be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we could riff tracks it the entire time. Oh, I've, I've been wanting to do You don't need to. It's already funny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but look at this. Nothing happens. Oh, man, I'm waiting for somebody to, like, do those fake edits and, like, put things in there that's being attacked. Like, people are like, oh. ah! Just throwing the chairs, throwing the chairs at the beach or something like that. It's just like, dude, have you seen this uh, thing on YouTube? Uh, Control shift face. Yes, dude, they do Jim Carrey like oh, what with they'll the shining. Do is they'll superimpose yeah. their face yeah, over. Dude, Jim Carrey in The Shining. That was like, I want to see that I fucking see that, movie. Yeah. I want to see that fucking movie. Bad. That'd be fun. But it's like you know Bill Hader doing like. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and, impressions, uh, and it looks... I was like, holy shit, he's channeling the fucking devil. Because, <laughs> like, the first video I watched of it was Bill Hader doing Al Pacino and impressions oh, on, yes. on Conan oh, or some awesome. shit. And I was like, holy shit, how does he do that? Like, he H- articulates Hader, his face. Hader kills, man. He does great impressions. So is that he guy from great. Walking Dead, the one that played uh, Red Skull and Infinity War? And- oh, Hugo Weaving? No, oh, Hugo Weaving was Oh, Infinity War, my bad. No, um, like Hugo Weaving didn't come back. They got this guy from Walking Dead yeah, yeah. to p- do the impersonation of Hugo Weaving. Yeah. I was like, that's just fucking awesome. When you can take another man's job for doing his shit better, I was like, that's just fucking... <laughs> oh, you don't want to get in the paint? I'll do it for half price. No <laughs> shit. I get to be in an MCU movie. That's right. Fucking, fucking awesome. Fucking Hugo Weaving like refused to come back for that for that role. And, I was like, and what has he done since? That's it. Who gives a shit? Who gives a he shit? He took the blue pill. Yeah, he did. God, I'd love to review Matrix. Mm. How would we handle that, though? We can't. Can we like talk about the first one? That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. We don't need reloaded, unloaded, and fucking... Fucking revolutions. Yeah, we don't need uh, all that shit. Animatrix. Unloaded, reloaded. <laughs> yeah, we don't need all that. No, we don't need that shit. So join us next time, and we should be doing it, I believe, next. I I hope so. We might throw a couple movies in between, but that just depends on our recording schedule. So hope you enjoy this episode. I'm Nathan. This is Jeff. And this is Ralph. Keep it. (laughs) Me, Ty, Me, Me. Meat Thai Doody Walker. I thought he kept saying spider. meat tie. <laughs> meat tie. Meat tie. What do you got? A dick on your neck? <laughs> I know you're from Thai, but come on. Nice sights to see. 
All movie sound clips, sound effects, and music used in Deep in the Horror of Texas is owned by the copyright holders. Deep in the Horror of Texas makes no claim of ownership on the copyrighted audio and simply uses it for the sole purpose of entertainment, criticism, commentary, and education or fair use. Please support the official release of the audio used in today's episode where available to you. And remember to keep it scary. Stitch. You got to pick up every stitch.